0: And now it's time for Eastcast and reports from coastal stations. East Sierra, West Sierra, South West and North northeast East Utsira. Wind South West, rain at times, good. Forties, fifties, sixties, tyne, dogger, German bite, French kiss and Swiss roll. Westerly becoming cyclonic, good. Right here in London's East
1: End. Operating at any level, any time,
2: anywhere and with anybody. Who are they? One might be your secretary, your doctor's receptionist, or a dancer in a go-go club.
0: They're coming for you.
3: Look, there comes one of them now. now, 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 now.
4: Hello and welcome to Eastcast and Happy Easter. I'm Nia Charpentier and I'll be here for the next hour with Pearl Wise, Melanie Brown and Annex Xavier and Martha MacAlpine to bring you the best
2: in arts and culture from East London. Thanks to everyone who contacted us after the last Eastcast show. We always like to hear from you; it makes us feel loved. So please get in touch. You can let us know if there are any goings on you think we should be covering. Just drop us a line on Facebook at Eastcastshow Show, or you can tweet us. Now we have a splendiferous show lined up for you, and it's a particularly punchy political one. We meet a photographer who's been charting the social changes and community tensions in Brick Lane.
1: I think Brit Lane will always have a personality, but it certainly lost the feel it had in the 1980s. But then again, you also had the National Front and the BNP who always used to sell their newspapers.
5: I also spoke to a reggae artist called Maurice Ijamo about his very political new album and a new music venue on Dalston.
6: I got great news for the music lovers. I discovered an amazing folk night that happens in a clothes shop. But um, for music recommendations now, Pearl, what do you got for
7: us? I do have some music for you, but before, um, let me tell you about someone I chatted to um, from an indie magazine called The Hoban. And yes, lots of music on the show from bands and artists all playing in East London over the next fortnight. As usual, quite a mixed bag of tunes from Marissa Nadler, Liz Green, Chet Faker. And to start with, a band called The Marbles Jackson, who actually contacted me via Twitter. So it's worth doing that, as you might get a play on the show. Um, So this is The Marbles Jackson with Serenity. Serenity. So that was the Marbles Jackson with Serenity. Um, quite an epic sound from this local band who will be playing at the Victoria in Dulston on the tw- Friday the 25th of May and also at Power Lunches on the 14th of May and that's quite an unusual venue if anyone's never been there I recommend it. And speaking of unusual venues...
6: I love it when music happens in unexpected venues. I met Ian Bennett, the organiser of The Music Box, a folk and roots night that takes over a vintage clothes shop in Shoreditch.
8: I'm Ian. I uh, run The Music Box in Shoreditch uh, once a month. It happens at Paper Dress Vintage, which is on Curtin Road, sort of sandwiched nicely in between Old Street and Liverpool Street stations.
6: So tell me, what's special about your night?
8: Well, a couple of things, really. Um, It's in a vintage clothes shop a start and so that makes for a very very interesting setting the bands play in the window with mannequins all around with all sorts of antique and uh, vintage artifacts
6: and clothes railing as well just just on the side
8: (laughs) yeah everything is just sort of pushed aside and the bands play in the shop window everyone just generally has a, a nice time really
6: So when I got in, I realized that um, it's quite an intimate space and people, Mm. they are really into the performances.
8: Yeah, they are. We kind of, not necessarily engineered it that way, but we've always been, you know, lovers of music. And it's always annoyed us going to venues where people talk over the music. So we've kind of purposefully uh, created this situation where we introduce all the bands and we sort of make sure the audience knows what's going on and we've been running for a couple of years and everybody's sort of has got used to the idea that when they come to the music box they're here to to listen to the music and and not to have a big rowdy kind of drunken night it's that kind of thing it's folk folk roots and acoustic music and it's to be to be listened to
3: so meet me down the, end
9: of the lane at the last
3: the only way out stop
8: We're a small independent night in an independent venue Uh, we don't have money to pay bands set fees unfortunately so what we do instead is make sure that 100% of the money that comes in from the the people that pay to see any particular act the money goes 100% back to that act Uh, we don't take any of that money at all because if, if a band is prepared to actually put the word out then we shouldn't take advantage of that it's it, they should be getting that money 100%. So that's that's what we do we don't we make sure we don't cream any anything off the top of that. So who's performing tonight? Tonight we've got Bitty Booker followed by Theo Bard and uh, then we have Russell Jocelyn. Finally we have the Sam Kelly trio who are absolutely fantastic A trio influenced by Irish uh, folk music and it's very sort of upbeat really good fun uh, but serious serious music at the same time
6: you're based in shortage everything happens in shortage and any any expected crazy stuff happens
8: <laughs> uh, we do <laughs> we do because the bands play in the shop window we do tend to have quite a few sort of people walking past and sticking their faces up to the window and worse we've had a few people sticking their bums on the window um, you know <laughs> We've had people dressed as Santa, ten Santas, up on each other's shoulders, prancing wow. past and kind of, you know,
6: so laughing about
8: outside. So mm, mm.
6: Like a, an entertainment bit to the band.
8: Yeah, it does. Because generally inside, it's very calm and very kind of nice, uh, sort of reflective atmosphere. Everybody really, really enjoys how chilled out it is but then outside you know looking out the window often yeah there's a whole sort all sorts of craziness going on out there yeah it's good good juxtaposition
6: when is the next one happening
8: the night is always on the second wednesday of the month
7: That was a little extract of Theo Bard who was playing at the paper dress when Anna and I went there. And it's true, watching people walk past um, while a, a band's playing is hilarious. Yeah,
6: because people have no idea what's going on because they mostly they can't really hear what's going on and because they're obviously quite drunk as well. So you can see them all doing all this crazy stuff like making faces just and, and apparently there were like some some acrobatics during um, Christmas time as well so it's 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 interesting I'd say at least I'm curious to know what it's like in the daytime can you buy? Vintage clothes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, say, for the gig, they put the rail squads the aside. So, during daytime, you can have, actually, a browse on, on the garments. I've been there, actually, and they looked to me like they were
5: kind of, like, 90s from the 1940s. You know, if that's your bag, then go for it.
7: Yeah, but, and they have um,
6: crazy props in the shop as well. Yeah. So, you, you'd see them on stage and see all these, like, crazy chairs and... It is a great venue. Um, It's it's
7: quite dedicated, though. They have to clear out the shop window every Yeah, every single thing. Every time they have a gig. But it's a really good way to use a space. You know, you're paying rent anyway, so use it in the evening, using it in the day. They also have
6: other activities. They did, um, the shop organises stand-up comedy and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's quite varied. They have a really big um, programme throughout the month, so it's worth checking it out
2: clever, though, because it also might bring people into the shop who might not go in normally.
6: Yeah, exactly. And they have a coffee shop. They have a bar in the shop, so obviously you're having a drink and you're listening to music, so it's cool.
7: Very good. Um, So, on with some more music. Um, So, to keep with the folk theme. Um, This is Marissa Nadler, um, hailing from Boston. Uh, She's a young singer-songwriter and has just released her sixth album called, this is a bit confusing, it's called July, but it was released in February. And um, she's been gathering fans worldwide and um, she's also done a cover of the Game of Thrones theme that I know Martha's very excited about um, Mm. which is kind of an interesting choice that I might play later if we have time. And she's playing at Cafe Otto on Wednesday the 23rd of April. It is already sold out but you know you might get lucky if you know someone might sell you a ticket. Um, so this is Marissa Nadler with Was It A Dream. I keep thinking
3: it was a dream that I hit you when you're down. I keep changing everything I'm e
5: That was Marissa Nadler there and Was It A Dream? And I'm really looking forward to uh, hearing the Game of Thrones theme later. (laughs) So hopefully that's going to happen if we have time, because I'm a fan, obviously. Um, Now, many have seen him jamming at Passing Clouds in Dalston, if you go to Passing Clouds. Um, And I went to meet up with uh, musician Morris Ijamo recently, um, he's Nigerian-born, but he's based in Hackney. Um, we chatted about various things, including politics and his music.
10: It's a bit of a different version.
11: I can hear it in the air. I can feel it in the breeze.
10: I can hear my name it is Morris Morris Wanja. Um, my artist name is Ai Jamo and I'm the lead singer of One Jar the band
5: so morris recently you've produced um, you've got a new album which is called no black in the union jack which came out at the beginning of this year why is it called no black in the union jack what does that mean to you
10: well uh, i i give thanks to the uh, national front for giving me the um, the title it was um it was a leaflet that was dropped through my door in the 90s by the national front um saying that we blacks do not belong here. And uh, originally I was very upset about it, but it made me go and do some research. And I found that um, in fact, you know, that 1.5 million Africans died uh, preserving the freedoms of every British person. And um, including my uncle James, who who got very injured in, in Burma. Fighting for Britain, far away from his homeland. And I noticed that you have a D Day and a V E Day and all those days, and they're all sort of white affairs. Okay, um... And they're, they're all sort of white affairs. There's no black people there, as if. And I, how do you misappropriate 1.5 million people who died, not, not to mention the ones who, who were injured and, and, and so on? So I thought that, you know, for my uncle James Ibilico and, and, and uh, those 1.5 million people, that I might try and tell their story since their story has been studiously avoided.
5: Can I ask, do, do you um, get inspired to produce music by what you read and what you research about history or anything that interests you? Is that where your music kind of comes from?
10: No, I'm, I, I am and I'm always going to be a, a, a bit of an iconoclast anyway. Um, Because I'm a Biafran child and I'm the the product of war, uh, which started when I was six and finished when I was nine, and I came to England as a refugee, so a lot of what I do is anti-war because I saw war from the point of view of a child. So my band, Wanjai is mostly about campaigning against war. But this one is about campaigning about equality and equality of recognition of sacrifice. And I believe that if they, if they showed how many black people died for Britain on VE Day or whatever on telly, and they showed those black veterans, I think that the National Front wouldn't have as much support because then people in Britain would realize that we blacks actually made a contribution to, to the freedoms of here and to what is England. And therefore we deserve to be here and we do not deserve to be attacked. I, I made the tunes. I have a, a ten-piece band, and and they're a very good band. And we we went out of our way to make so that you you don't have to aspire to the to the politics of it. You can just enjoy it for um, the good tunes that they are.
5: And um, you've been playing at this new venue called Epic, which I've been to, which I uh, quite enjoyed. Um, could you tell me a bit about Epic?
10: Yeah, it's uh, it's a wonderful new venture for me and my brother, Planet Man, and, and some Turkish brothers. It's a 700-capacity uh, place, and um, it's in the heart of Dalston. Uh, it's epic, Dalston. 15 Stoke Newton Road, and we're going to build another house of love there.
5: Um, if people come along to Epic, what what can I expect? What's...
10: Oh, wow, it's an amazing array of musicians from all over Africa, South America, England, um, Hackney, which apparently is somewhere near England. Uh, yeah, and just love. and. But every Wednesday we have a jam there. And every Tuesday I can also be seen at New Crossing AC14. <laughs> Yeah, Maurice Wanja, M-A-U-R-I-C-E, Wanja, O-N-E-J-A-H. Rastaman, where is your
11: God? Rastaman, where is your God? They might trouble me, trouble me, trouble me, trouble me, trouble me. My God, he live in holy Mount Zion. And he does whatever pleases him Your idols are silver and gold The work of human hands They have eyes, but they cannot see They have ears, but they cannot hear They have mouth, but they cannot speak They have arms, but they cannot feel they have legs, but they cannot walk Those who make them Shall surely be like them For house of hearing Be true to last the fire They've trouble me, trouble me, trouble me, trouble me, trouble me They've trouble me, trouble me, trouble me, trouble me, trouble me Trouble me, boy. Trouble me. i Chamo me, chamo me, chamo me, oh,
2: So I thought Morris it's kind of really interesting actually what he what he was saying about Africans and VE Day, because I certainly didn't know it was anywhere near that amount of people who'd fought then. I think we're probably aware of the sort of Caribbean Commonwealth countries but I really didn't didn't think much about Africa so
5: yeah it was it is a really unknown story in the history books and I think it's one that needs to come out um but yeah all of that was news to me when I interviewed him so it was interesting to hear that the the songs were so political and were about those specific subjects because I'd heard the songs and yeah they they are political but that kind of history I didn't know about so yeah interesting um, and that that song itself is called Trouble, um, from his album No Black in the Union Jack. And you can buy the CD um, if you go to his kind of Facebook page, which I think he mentioned, Morris Onejar on Facebook. Um, you can chat to him there, and he kind of has a bit of a political stream of consciousness on his Facebook page as well. So find out more about his views and things like that on there on Facebook. Steeping.
2: Mm, So you're listening to Eastcast on NTS and you can catch us here every other Monday morning at 8 o'clock or you can listen to the show anytime on eastcastshow.com or subscribe to our podcast on iTunes.
7: A couple of weeks ago um, I walked past a mysterious looking blue shop on Hackney Road and I went inside because I'm always curious when I see new things I have to just walk in Um, and uh, I met Uh, someone called Morgan who is the co-founder of what I found out was the Hoban Workshop and a magazine called the Hoban Magazine and um, so when I met him he was actually serving beers in this pop-up shop so um, yeah let's hear more about it
0: I'm Morgan the uh, editor of the Holborn Magazine and current kind of barista slash barman at our pop-up shop, the Holborn Workshop. The Holborn Magazine is a lifestyle magazine whose tagline is uh, a well-made life. We focus on celebrating designers who go the the extra mile for their art. Uh, We often kind of say those who are uh, how to make a, a living, not a killing. And that goes across all sectors as a lifestyle magazine. So we kind of interview those who you know, are craft uh, brewers or micro distillers all the way to people who make beautiful furniture or, or kind of you know, you know, handmade brogues. I suppose our, kind of, our love of good things and that predicated with independence and the great, more, more craft orientated things is, I suppose it all starts from the stories. You know, we're we're natural kind of storytellers, um, and that's what we see ourselves as as journalists. And it's just kind of a, a a belief that there's much more to things that we we consume in life, be it you know the the beer you're drinking or or the kind of shirt you're wearing. Uh, that what is a great enhancement is stuff that is well made and that is made to last. but stuff that's also got a story and a heart to it. Um, and it's just that natural lead that independence, doing great things, working hard, you know, tend to have better narratives, and that's what I want from the, from the things I buy, rather than you know, a, a faceless, large conglomerate. You know, there is a belief that well-made things kind of do enhance your life in a, in a very positive way, but the products and things imbue a certain story objects which we impart meaning onto and therefore looking at the story behind things the, the attachment you have to items are, are all about where they've come from and, and how you feel about them and and therefore you know i'd much prefer to to have a, a lovely handmade tie by uh, a guy who does it in a workshop in east london who who i've met and, and has has a lot more resonance for me and that that kind of The little highlights that kind of make your days. The the goal with opening the shop was also was always that we wanted to we've always wanted to be more than the magazine, Um, and we wanted to 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 branch out and use different mediums to express the same stories. The shop is there's a cafe and a shop and a bar and an event space. Is a a three D version of the the magazine, and we've teamed up with my fiance's. Architectural practice, Green Tea Architects, to to make that happen and turn it into a 3D form, and it's just using different different mediums to to celebrate the things that we love. And you know, I don't see too much difference between editing a magazine and curating a shop. You know, it's all about telling stories. We're not in the best location, and it's not the most obvious shop to find. But you know, I always ask my customers to work a little bit harder, um, which I don't think is a bad thing you know I think there's you, you get a lot of joy out of, out of stuff if it's not just necessary stuff in your face and we've done well I mean we've, we've worked very hard at bringing people here through events and not just relying on uh, kind of passing trade so that's worked well for us and we've got a, a good committed local following as well like 12 months ago it would have been full to the brim with nuts and bolts and sheets of metal and um, slightly kind of grumpy old men. It's quite different now and we still get quite a few people popping in and. Of expecting to find the old hardware store, and slightly kind of befuzzled by the, the coffee machine, that is more more been a challenge to, to to find stuff to fill all the all the spaces that we've got in here. So, which has been quite, a, quite an enjoyable adventure. It's a pop up, but I, I suppose it, being here for six months does kind of it's kind of something in the middle. So we're always going kind to of refer to it as our residency um, in this space. We've used the space in so many ways over the time we've been here so far. Numerous supper clubs. Comedy nights, music nights, uh, news in the space, and uh, and having as many people kind of enjoy it, and always coming back to kind of kind of good conversation and sense of merriment and, and celebrating for all the things that we love that we already do for the magazine. From Friday the 11th of April, we will be launching a, a Kickstarter uh, to take the what is currently the online magazine, which is the, uh, the holbornmag.com. Uh, into a quarterly print edition, which has always been our intention from the beginning. We've always been dedicated followers of, of kind of the independent print uh, sector in, in the UK, and yeah, and we've kind of got a range of rewards from a lovely illustrated uh, map of uh, London pubs that we love in and around Hoban, and a tote bag which uh, we've we've designed. Yeah, we're just really looking forward to taking the journey to the next stage and, and, and moving on to print and moving forward with the brand and I'm very excited to have kind of issue one in print in my hand uh this summer
4: i like the way he um doesn't see much difference between running a shop and running a magazine and yeah well about actually
7: stories. when you go to that shop and it's mm-hmm. only open until the end of april so i do recommend it's on hackney road um just to drop by because it really does feel like a 3D version of their magazine it's got all the craft beers and oh. the kind of nice objects and clothes and things like that and they and it and they've kept the kind of workshop aesthetic so there's lots of wooden kind of cubby holes just filled with stuff and it it just feels like it's yeah I know where it
5: is and I've seen it and yeah I I totally get it now um because Hackney Road is kind of a little bit down and out but I think it's up and coming um but there it's like a cafe and then it seems to have yeah like a workshop as well but aesthetically it's pleasing so I think they've done something good there. Mm. I'll have to pop in.
7: So um, anyone who wants to support them, obviously they've just launched their Kickstarter campaign because interestingly, people are moving from web to paper again and people do want to have a kind of mm. a magazine that you can smell, yeah. feel touch It is a different know. experience. Yeah. So, um, and I think for them it makes sense because they really are celebrating this kind of old aesthetic, where you know craftsmanship is really important. So
5: I'm getting sick of staring at the screen. I'd love to exactly something in my exactly. hands and read
7: it in my own time. <laughs> so yeah. So um, their Kickstarter campaign. Go and have a look and uh, and support them. I think it, it's a it's a good cause.
4: We'll get details of
7: that on on our website. Yes, everything will be on the website, of course. Um, So, on with some more music. Um, I actually heard about this Australian producer and singer-songwriter called Chet Faker um, on the All Songs Considered show on NPR the other day. And I thought, oh, I need to look this guy up. And then, randomly, there he is. He's playing at Village Underground. So, um, he's playing in East London soon. And um, on this song, he's joined by Kilo Kish, who I've played something from on this show as well so that kind of ties in nicely um so this track is a bit more hip-hoppy than most of the tracks which are kind of got that james blake kind of uh electronic feel to them um so yeah chet baker uh, chet faker sorry (laughs) is uh, playing at the village underground on tuesday the 29th of april and this um is melt featuring kilo kish
12: The idea is only half spot The verse I'm singing only half so Half written and then I'm half sprout. Didn't mean to let it drip this far Playing hard to get you playing your guitar Damn you should be so shy Been working hard to jump me inside I've had dreams of breaking all I
3: break it off, I break it off alone
9: Melt my happiness Some kind of fucked up mess Looking out for you is a kind of waiting game That leaves me running circles into my brain Hell, my loneliness Will take no
4: That was Chet Faker with Melt and featuring Kilo Kish. So next up, I talk to a photographer that's been documenting the changes that have happened on Brick Lane over the last 30 years.
1: My name's Phil Maxwell. I'm a photographer and filmmaker, and I've lived in East London for the majority of my life. And this is the area which I love, which I'm very enthusiastic about, and which I've recorded for over 30 years.
4: And can you tell me about your latest exhibition that's on at Richmix at the moment?
1: Well, the latest exhibition coincides with the publication of a book called Brick Lane. And basically it's photographs from 1981 up until the present day. And the book has all the photographs in chronological order. So you can actually see the changes that have occurred over the decades uh, in this very charismatic street, Brick Lane.
4: And how has it changed
1: for you? Well, when I first moved to Brick Lane over 30 years ago, it was very derelict. There were only a few restaurants, lots of sweatshops, lots of dilapidated and empty buildings. And now, of course, it's completely different. But when I photographed it in those days, in the first 10 years... Brick Lane was also a great meeting place for people because in the two estates next to Brick Lane, the Holland Estate and the Chicksand Estate, people were really living in overcrowded conditions. So they would come out onto Brick Lane and it was a kind of meeting place and they would talk and it was an extension almost of their living room because they were overcrowded. Uh, but now of course there's a different sort of person on Brick Lane lots of tourists, lots of people from other parts of London having a good time so it's changed uh, an awful lot throughout the years and of course with Spitalfields Market which is close to Brick Lane, closing down as it did um, and moved to Stratford the, the city moved closer and closer in to Brick Lane and so property prices and land prices have gone through the roof and so a lot of people who used to live in the area, moved out, and it's become a kind of wealthier area with gentrification. So it's an interesting place to photograph because in many ways it's a kind of microcosm of what's happened through the rest of the country over the past 30 or so years.
4: Do you think the area has lost something?
1: I think Brick Lane will always have a personality, but it certainly lost the feel it had in the 1980s when it was a meeting place. But then again, in the 80s and 90s, you also had the National Front and the BNP, who always used to sell their newspapers at the top of Brick Lane, so that wasn't a particularly nice thing to happen. But they've moved now, and there was quite an opposition to them, in which culminated in the early years of the 1990s, so they've disappeared.
4: Can you tell me about your filmmaking as well? Does that incorporate brick lane in the area as well
1: well um i made a film with Hasvan hashim um called from cable street to brick lane which was about the way cable street was a place where the fascists were defeated in 1936 and brick lane had a similar kind of history in the 70s 80s and 90s so it looked at the opposition to fascism over the years and how the community had come together and overcome the problems created by that. I've made films about Brick Lane and also made films about the, the East End more generally. So I'm fascinated by the change and the evolution of one place because although it, it is constantly evolving, there is a kind of underlying personality that a place like Brick Lane has and it's almost you can't lose that. There's a lot of, if you like, um, I mean communities do tend to get on with each other but now there's a big division between the rich and the poor. There's still divisions that exist but they're not the divisions that were attempted to be created by people like the National Front and the BNP. The communities has, has overcome that.
4: And what's next
1: for you? Uh, next, I mean I'd like to do, after this book, I'd like to do a book on Whitechapel. I'm still going to be making films about the East End, I suppose. Actually, I'm making one at the moment about Soho. So I've moved out of the East End into the West End. What does that feel like? Well, it it feels a bit strange, really, because the films that uh, I've made with Hasman Hashim on the East End have had a lot of additional material brought into it because of my 30-year-old photographic archive, but when I moved to Soho to make a film there, I don't have that archive, so I'm going to have to work extra hard on that film. But it's, it's interesting, and Soho's a place which has got different communities in it, and uh, I can see similarities between Soho and the East End.
4: Phil Maxwell, thank you very much. It's a pleasure. That exhibition by Phil Maxwell, uh, Brick Lane, is on at Rich Mix until Saturday the 26th of April and
6: it's free and it's up in the Mezzanine Gallery. I moved to London quite recently compared to 30 years, Mm -hmm. so I would actually like to know how it is to live, how East London was.
7: And it's amazing how quickly areas change as well, I mean you, you see sort of... I don't know if photos even from the 80s of Brick Lane, mm. for example, and it's yeah completely different place. And each area has these kind of stages. So
5: and he picked up on the tourism aspect, I thought was interesting as well because mm. it is a bit of a tourist destination. I feel like Dal- has Dalston's a bit of a tourist desti- destination definitely. as well. So yeah, how these and things, the national, you know, yeah. the
4: National Front came up again, um, you know, as well as in in the interview that we heard earlier on. So it's had an impact on the on the East End.
7: In, More in music lots of different ways, yes, sounds good um so this is from a liverpool based uh Liz Green's debut album, O devotion, which combines blues jazz cabaret and sounds quite refreshing in this whole sea of folk inspired singers that we're kind of bombarded with at the moment um, nothing wrong with that of course but it's kind of refreshing to have a different sound um, her album was actually re- released in 2011 so i imagine she has plenty of new material um, for the show that she'll be doing at the ace hotel on wednesday the 23rd of april so here's liz green with midnight blues
12: It's darker, no, not like it ever was. And those waves are hitting harder against the rocks, against the shore. But I'm fading fast, I'm fading fast tonight. You know. Just say those words, I wish I heard my eyes start to get so white and wild. You know it's gonna be a whole lot of fun tonight. You know it's gonna be lot of fun tonight The night gets colder now not like it ever was, and those men are pushing harder against my thighs, against my throat And I'm fading fast, I'm fading fast tonight, just say those words, I wish I heard my eyes start to get so wide and well You know it's gonna be A whole lot of fun tonight You know it's gonna be A whole lot of fun tonight Just swaying over everything Under the dance hall lights Well I spy that man He want that woman I I want his wife But I Fading fast, I'm fading fast tonight. Look over your shoulders, see them boys learn how to fight well. You know it's gonna be a whole lot of fun tonight. I said it's gonna be a whole lot of fun tonight. The creeps faster, now on bended hands and knees And as the light breaks in, I'm lying between the wall and my lover's knees But I've faded fast, I've faded fast tonight And though I'm broken, tired, I've had one hell of a ride Well, you know it's gonna be a whole lot of fun tonight But gone then I hope lot of fun tonight. While I kiss my baby and we put out the light while I kiss my That was Liz Green with midnight
2: blues. So now it's the time of the show where we bring you the best pics of what's happening around East London in the coming weeks. You can see them all online on our website, as well as via Twitter updates. So, Neil, what cultural gems have you found?
4: Well, it's Easter Monday, so I thought I'd start with a bit of an Easter one. So if you've eaten too many eggs over the weekend, or maybe you want to burn off some calories of some chocolate that you've eaten, uh, there are... um, Fun and Frolics in Epping Forest. <laughs> so
7: that sounds- Explain. That, doesn't, that sounds a
4: little bit dangerous. It's <laughs> 1 till 4pm uh, today, so you can follow an Easter egg trail, take part in an Easter hunt, um, egg, Easter egg rolling, or make an Easter bonnet. So uh, all nice little uh, activities there. Free, no booking required. And it's um, at the, the view uh, on Rangers Road in Chingford. So way out east there. Moving on to Wednesday, the 23rd, it's actually St. George's Day. And I know we don't really care about (laughs) (laughs) St. George's Day, do we? not compared to St. Patrick's Day um, so much. But, uh, you know, this might make you uh, care a little bit more. So at Dirty Dicks in Bishopsgate near Liverpool Street, there's free comedy, there's dressing up and an English tea party. I mean, he killed a dragon, for God's sake. No, give him some credit, credit where it's due. So that's on Wednesday the 23rd all day there. Uh, So Tuesday the 22nd, um, there's a free Spanish conversation taster class. Uh, which is in the old fire station on Tabernacle Street, uh, near Old Street. So, if you're if you're thinking about you know getting a bit better with uh, with, learning this, with the Spanish, yeah, or learning a new language, see how you get on. Get an hour for free at one pm on Tuesday the twenty second, and um, and then see how you get on. Uh, on Thursday the twenty fourth, it's the BBC Photography Club exhibition. It's the seventh one that happens every year and it's by BBC staff and alumni um who you know various ages abilities styles but uh there's a there's a big collection of photos they're all for sale and um there is an amazing works amongst them uh that's Thursday and Monday uh, and then Saturday and Sunday all the details are on our on our website and that's just off Brick Lane in um Henriage.
7: sorry I'm, I'm a bit confused about this one um people who have worked and do work at the BBC who aren't necessarily photographers? They Some are mishmash.
4: amateur am- amateur photographers. Right. Oh, so you will be... A, a BBC good... is what they have in common. Right, okay.
5: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Perhaps you need to go and watch it, see it, check it out to so <laughs> yeah. understand. So Holy Focaccia is taking over Look Mum No Hands on Mare Street for one night of Italian food. It's on Saturday 26th of April from 7pm and uh, for more information go to our website, it's a donation of £35 or above so that'll be a lovely lovely Italian um, evening there. Tuesday, the 29th of April, Tea India. I quite like the look of this. Um, the first in a series of live events showcasing artists who fuse together both Eastern and Western influences, featuring beatboxer Jason Singh in a collaboration with drummer Seb Rochford and British India singer Rajana Gartak. I think I said the name right there. And it's free at the book club um, in Shoreditch. The next one is um, Thierry Noir, street artist. And I'm interested in this, on at the Howard Griffin Gallery. It's on at the moment, only until the 5th of May. But I think it's definitely worth a look. Um, he was famous in the 1980s for um, one of the first artists to illegally paint on the Berlin Wall. And it's actually his first solo exhibition, so quite an exciting one, and there's going to be original works with some rarely seen photographs, interviews and films about the artist, so that's quite exciting. Um, it's until fifth May. The gallery is actually only open Wednesday to Sunday, so don't go down on a Monday or Tuesday because you won't you won't get in. And finally, for our listings, um, I saw this. I went down to check this out. It's a free exhibition. It's just one room, but it's quite interesting. Um, in Spitalfields, the Eleven Spitalfields Gallery, which is 11, uh, 11 Princes Street. Sorry, um, it's on until the twenty seventh of April. So not much time left. It's a set of old images. Of life from Spitalfields in 1912, taken by a kind of a social anthropologist photographer, C.A. Matthews, um, who no, no one seems to know anything about, um, but the photographs were discovered in the Bishopsgate Institute. Um, by a contempor- contemporary photographer called Jeremy Friedman So who we've had on the show oh, who we've had on the show okay so there we go that's that's brilliant um, so I would yeah that's a, it's a fun little, um, little exhibition check out
6: so if you want to know more about all these things you can head to our website iscastshow.com in the listings page or keep an eye out for updates on Twitter and Facebook too
7: so, have we got time for Game of Thrones? Yes, it's quite please. short. It's quite short. Um, all right. So here's Marissa Nadler's vocal Game of Thrones.
5: watching Game of Thrones soon so yes I'll
2: compare and contrast (laughs) so there's just enough time before we go to say we've been Eastcast we're on NTS every other Monday but in the meantime you can catch us anytime on eastcastshow.com or on iTunes or you can watch out for regular updates on Facebook and Twitter we've been Eastcast recorded this week in Pearl Wise's living room